The practice of bloodletting began around 3,000 years ago with the Egyptians. It reached its peak in Europe in the 19th century. The use of leeches for bloodletting was greatly influenced by Dr. Francois Brousset from 1772 to 1838, a Parisian physician who claimed that this treatment cures inflammation and infections. At its peak in the 1830s, five to six million leeches per year were used in Paris alone. By the late 1800s, however, enthusiasm for leech therapy had waned. However, bloodletting remains a gold standard treatment today in the age of precision medicine, in particular for our patient discussed in today's episode. Today, our patients have polycythemia rubavera and essential thrombocythemia, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast made by medical residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is entitled From Leeches to Personalized Medicine, Approaches to Polycythemia Vera and Essential Thrombocythemia. We are first going to talk about polycythemia rubavera, which means too many red blood cells or erythrocytosis. Let's start with our minute physiology. Polycythemia vera is the most common form of the myeloproliferative neoplasms, MPNs, defined by genetic mutations leading to neoplastic clonal proliferation of the hematopoietic progenitor cells, namely the erythrocyte lineage. In polycythemia vera, almost all patients with PV harbor a JAK2 mutation, approximately 96% and 3% displaying somatic activating mutations in exon 14, JAK2V617F, and exon 12 of JAK2, respectively. Mutations in JAK2 generate constitutive activation of the JAK-slash-STAT pathway. Dimerized STATs migrate towards the nucleus, where they act as transcription factors, activating or repressing genes that are important in cell proliferation and survival. Some of these genes include those that express cyclins, as well as anti-apoptotic proteins. The prevalence of PV is approximately 22 cases per 100,000 people. The average age at which PV is diagnosed is 60 to 65 years. PV is a relatively indolent myelide neoplasm. People with PV have a median survival of 13.5 years. Complications at 20-year marks were thrombosis at 26%, myelofibrosis at 16%, and leukemia transformation at 4%. Now let's talk about our approach. Before we diagnose a patient with erythrocytosis for PV, it is important to delineate primary versus secondary etiologies for erythrocytosis. The primary cause is polycythemia vera. However, there is a list of secondary etiologies that we need to think about. These include five categories. 1. Hypoxia-driven factors, including smoking, chronic lung disease, OSA, right-to-left cardiopulmonary shunt, and high altitude. 2. Local renal hypoxia, such as renal artery stenosis, hydronephrosis, and renal cysts, PKD. 3. Drug-associated, including testosterone, iatrogenic EPO. 4. Excessive erythropoietin production, such as renal cell carcinoma, hepatocellular carcinoma, cerebellar hemangioblastoma, and other malignancies. And 5. Miscellaneous, such as post-renal transplant, idiopathic erythrocytosis. Clinical evaluation should involve a review of cardiac, respiratory, and abdominal signs and symptoms. In particular, tobacco smoking, medications, especially androgenic steroids including testosterone, exposure to carbon monoxide, and symptoms of obstructive sleep apnea should be explored. 
Examination should involve oxygen saturation from vitals. A full cardiopulmonary examination should be completed, and the abdomen should be examined for organomegaly or erythropoietin-producing intra-abdominal tumors, e.g. hepatocellular or renal cell carcinoma. Patients with PV may have symptoms of splenomegaly, constitutional symptoms, or vasomotor symptoms such as headache, visual disturbances, or lightheadedness. Two specific symptoms for myeloproliferative neoplasms are pruritus and erythromyalgia. Pruritus is often aquagenic and may be debilitating. Erythromyalgia is a recurrent burning sensation accompanied by redness and pain. Now what investigations do we send? Investigations often include CBC, blood film, renal and liver function tests, ferritin, and EPO level. Baseline abdominal pelvic imaging is indicated when clinical exam for splenomegaly is equivocal or endogenous EPO production is suspected. A peripheral blood test for JAK2V617F mutation is usually sent for working up PV. In order to diagnose PV, we must fulfill the World Health Organization criteria published in 2016 that has three major and one minor criteria. The diagnosis requires meeting all three major criteria or two major plus one minor criterion. The major criteria include hemoglobin level greater than 165 grams per liter in men or greater than 160 grams per liter in women or hematocrit greater than 0.49 in men and 0.48 in women. Two, bone marrow biopsy showing hypercellularity for age with trilineage growth, panmyelosis, with prominent erythroid, granulocytic, and megakaryocytic proliferation with pleomorphic, mature megakaryocytes, differences in size. 3. Presence of JAK2V617F or JAK2XON12 mutation. Minor criteria include subnormal serum erythropoietin level. Peripheral blood JAK2V617F is highly sensitive with 97% sensitivity and virtually 100% specific for distinguishing PV from other causes of increased hematocrit. So clinically, a bone marrow biopsy is not necessary if a patient has sustained erythrocytosis with hematocrit of greater than 55.5% in men, greater than 49.5% in women, on two occasions, and JAK2 mutation. Risk stratification for PV is quite simple. There are two risk categories. High risk includes age over 60 years or thrombosis history present, and low risk is the absence of both risk factors. Now what about treatment? The main goal of therapy in both PV and ET is to prevent thrombohemorrhagic complications. All patients with PV require ASA for prophylaxis and phlebotomy to keep hematocrit below 45% and once or twice daily aspirin, 81 milligrams, in the absence of contraindications. Additional cytoreductive agents include hydroxyurea, interferon alpha, and basulfan. Additionally, newer-generation targeted therapy of JAK2 inhibitor roxalutinib has been used to control pruritus and symptomatic splenomegaly. However, none of the existing medications are known to provide mortality benefit or reduce leukemic or fibrotic transformation. Now on to ET. A cousin of PV is essential thrombocythemia, or ET, which means too many platelets. Some minute physiology. Similar to PV, ET is a form of myeloproliferative neoplasm. In ET, JAK2 mutation is seen in 55% of cases, while another 25 to 35% to 
have CALR mutation and 5% from MPL mutations. CalR is named calreticulin, which is a multifunctional calcium ion binding protein chaperone, mostly localized in the endoplasmic reticulum. MPL is a myeloproliferative leukemia virus oncogene. Of note, an additional 5% do not have clear driver mutations identified to date. The prevalence of ET is estimated to be 24 cases per 100,000. The average age of diagnosis for ET is 56 years. The life expectancy in ET is shorter than the general population, with an expected survival of 18 to 19.8 years, but more favorable when compared to 13.5 years in PV and 5.9 years in PMF. Lifetime progression to myelofibrosis is approximately 10%, and acute myeloid leukemia is 4%. Now let's talk about the approach. The approach to ET is very similar to PV, which begins with thinking primary versus secondary etiologies. The primary cause would be neoplastic changes to platelet progenitors in the bone marrow, causing abnormal production. The primary mimickers to ET include other myeloproliferative neoplasms, including PV, PMF, CML, that can also cause elevated platelets on top of other myeloid cell lines. Secondary causes include iron deficiency anemia, autoimmune disease such as IBD, inflammatory states such as trauma, burn, post-op, infections, post-splenectomy, and other malignancies. Clinical history and physical exam should involve a thorough review of secondary causes such as stigmata of inflammatory state, including autoimmune disease, infections, recent trauma or surgery, and spleen enlargement or splenectomy. Vasomotor symptoms in ET constitute headaches, lightheadedness, transient neurologic or ocular disturbances, tinnitus, atypical chest discomfort, paresthesias, aquagenic pruritus, and erythromyalgia. Initial investigations often include CBC, blood film, renal and liver function tests. Hemolysis panel, iron studies, CRP, and potentially ESR are helpful to work up for secondary etiologies. Again, baseline spleen imaging is often performed. For diagnosing ET, serologies for genetic mutations such as JAK2, CalR, and MPL can be sent. The diagnosis of ET is based on the WHO 2016 criteria with four major and one minor criteria. The patient has to meet all four major criteria, or the first three major and one minor criteria. The major criteria include 1. Platelets greater than 450 times 10 to the 9 per liter, 2. Bone marrow megakaryocyte proliferation, 3. Not meeting WHO criteria for other myeloid neoplasms, 4. JAK2 slash CalR slash MPL mutations. Minor criteria includes other clonal marker present or no evidence of reactive thrombocytosis. In terms of risk stratification, there are four risk categories, ranging from very low risk to high risk, considering factors such as age, history of thrombosis, and JAK2 status. If the patient is in the high-risk group, such as history of prior thrombosis or JAK2 mutation, and over 60 years old, a dual therapy of hydroxyurea for cytoreduction and ASA for thromboprophylaxis plus vasomotor symptom control were indicated. If the patient is not in the high-risk group, ASA alone should be initiated. Patients should also undergo CV risk stratification upon diagnosis, such as BP control, lipids, and A1C. Of note, patients with very high platelets of greater than 1,000 are at risk of bleeding complications from required von Willebrand's disease. Therefore, bleeding signs and symptoms should be thoroughly assessed prior to starting ASA. We'll finish with our Medicine Minute. 
The landmark trial that confirmed the bloodletting for PV treatment is the CytoPV trial published in Nejim in 2013. In this multi-center, non-blinded, randomized controlled trial, adult patients with PV being treated with phlebotomy and or hydroxyurea with intensive hematocrit lowering target less than 45% had a 70% relative reduction in mortality from cardiovascular or major thrombotic events compared to less intensive hematocrit target. Today, there is still a variety of case reports of using medicinal leeches for bloodletting when phlebotomy cannot be performed because of intolerance or technical problems. Alright, that's all for today. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled From Leeches to Personalized Medicine, Approaches to Polycythemia Vera and Essential Thrombocythemia. Today's episode was written by Dr. Richard Chen, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Hassan Sabai, hematologist, and Dr. Christopher Langlois, general internist. This episode was recorded and produced by Leia Karianopoulos. Music production by Lakshman Santhamohan. The Internet Work series was created by Allison Lyon and is executively managed by Leia Karianopoulos and Zara Morali. As always, don't forget to check out www.theinternetwork.com for associated resources and infographics. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.